we are live we are yeah the live i I guess on my phone it says live in big red so i guess i guess you can't see what i'm saying well everyone welcome to episode 33 of ask me anything do you believe we've done 33 episodes or this is our 33rd episode yeah I, i can't believe it um that's it's it seems like way less, but I'm glad it's that many. They would say time flies by when you're doing something you love. So let us introduce yourself. So Amit, you can go first. Yeah, so I'm a black screen today. I'm still a little bit injured, so uh, I apologize for not um, showing up. What it does allow me to do is be in my bed with my boxers and a loose T-shirt. My hair is not combed. And... I brushed my teeth like 20 minutes ago, so I was lying in my bed. So my name's Amit Buddha. I'm a real estate agent in Miami. I have a team. Um, it's five of us. It's not my team. It's all of us. And Chirag Shah is my coach, and I'm also a, a coach um, with marketing for the company as well. So hey, everyone. Happy Wednesday. My name is Shrag Shah. I'm the founder of Shrag Shah Coaching, a private company exclusively coaching Compass agents. I was the former director of coaching and training at Compass. And Amit and I have been doing these sessions now for a little more than six months, just as kind of like an open platform, right? And we, uh, the whole theme of the show is Amit shows up with different objections, scenarios, and things that I have no idea about in advance, and he just kind of spitfires them at me. Hey, Jessica, what's up? So thank you for tuning in. So what is our theme today, right? Because I don't ever get to know. You refuse to tell me. It's <laughs> the fun part about it. So I know you've been spending a lot of time on Clubhouse. So I'm sure you have a whole new set of ideas and thoughts. And what are you throwing at me today? You know, it's it's funny because, yeah, so, you know, when I said that brush my teeth 20 minutes ago thing, I was thinking, wait, wait a second. That's because I'm in bed most of the day because I'm sick. But anyways, um, you know, even though I've been on Clubhouse and we can get into Clubhouse, I, I think we'll have time to do that later. But um, the thing is this, I try my best to think of like topics that are relevant to what people are going through today. So there are two topics I thought of. If you're a real estate agent and you're going on listings, one of the things that happens, if I'm not mistaken, a seller's a little bit more cocky than they were before because the real estate market is hot. They're, they know their house is worth more than it was. They know once they list their house, there's going to be tons of people that are probably going to see it. So with that said, one of the topics is um, if you have a seller that's cocky like that and they're like, hey, why do I need you? I can put a sign on my house and I can sell it you know, in 10 seconds and I can get a good price for it. So that's one of the topics. Wait, let's the go. second topic for today. One by one. Let's, okay. I like surprise. Okay. <laughs> So I think my bad, my like, bad. No, 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 it's all good. I think this is a really interesting dialogue, right? So the first thing I'd like to share is as agents, our job is not to sell the unsellables, meaning there are always those people that are going to go FISBO. There are always those people that are going to go to the listing agent directly. And those are just a certain type of people. And that's okay. Just accept that, right? So if someone says, if, if you're going to, and we'll role play this, right? So sure. go ahead. So yeah, Chirag, thanks for coming by today. You know, I am interviewing a few agents today um, over the next few days. And one of the things that keeps coming to my mind, because we all have relatives and friends who think they know everything. And uh, do you have any like that? 
Oh, of course. I, I definitely have people like that, right? And, and some of the time, what I find is with those people is everyone has an opinion, but necessarily not the same one they'd use for themselves. <laughs> yeah, totally. So like, because my my wife and I aren't that experienced with selling homes, they keep telling us like, hey, why are you going to use a real estate agent? Why are you going to use a real estate agent? You can sell it, you can do it on your own, you can save the, you know, the commission and stuff. So even though I've used agents in the past, and even though I... I see the value in you guys because we've used you guys in the past. It makes me think, you know, I, I, I at least want to ask that question to you. Why should we use you if um, we can we can sell the house pretty quickly on our own? You know, what I what I hear you saying on it is a, a great question, right? And it's a question that's a financial question, but it, it's one that requires some interesting thought, right? So what specifically made you want to call myself and other agents over to interview using us when you feel potentially you could sell the property on your own? Um, you know, like I was saying, like we've used agents in the past, so we see the value. And once we told our friends and relatives, we told like a handful of people and like two or three of them were know-it-alls. And they, they, they said, you know, why are you using an agent? Because you can probably do it on your own. So we do see the value in you guys but we're not sure if, if in this case, maybe that value is much less than before. Got it. So in a perfect world, right, what's most important to you given this scenario and an agent and company that represents you in the sale of your home? You know, we, we always want to make sure we're making the most money that we can because, you know, we know this. When we sell our home, we're going to sell it for a ton of money, whether it's you or us or whoever it is. But we also know when we buy a house, we're going to be paying all the money. You know, it's not like we just sell the house for the most money. And then when we buy a house, we get a huge discount on it. We, we, we realize that that's going to take place. So as far as, you know, what's most important, money is definitely important. And also, like, we want to make sure that we, we were able to do this in the right way where where we don't kill ourselves on the next home. Because regardless of that next, of what we do with the listing, we're gonna hire an agent to, to help us with that purchase. Great, so what it sounds like is most important to you is several different things. I just wanna make sure I hear this correctly. I mean, number one is understanding the specific marketing plan that we'll use to get you the best price for the home because you are entering in a competitive market. Number two, is having a clear understanding of how this will work for you guys. Because when you say killing yourself, I wanna make sure that I understand that better to meet your expectations. And number three is having the right agent to, regardless if you work with somebody in selling your home, the right agent to partner with to help you purchase a home. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, pretty much as far as the marketing plan and stuff, yeah, if that's what you think it'll take to get the most money, then yeah, that would be that. Got it, and can I share with with you several other things that I find are factors that actually go into negotiation strategy because doing some research and coming here on it I've noticed over the last 90 days and even even going back a year to your subdivision that 60 at today 65% of people still use a mortgage if I went back last year it was 90% so can I share with you why those numbers are important yeah I had no idea the fact is is that as you said, the market is hot. That is an undeniable fact. The market is going up faster than homes are closing. 
And what that means to you is, is that the comps aren't necessarily reflecting the market value. And you said you're going to be a buyer as well. So like when we negotiate for our clients, there are a couple different things that we use that really would benefit you that I think you should be aware of. Would it be okay if I shared those with you? Sure. Number one, will the people allow you to rent back, right? Like obviously we want this to be comfortable and regardless of what we sell your home for, we want the transition to be smooth for you, which you said is very important, right? Yep. Number two, are they okay with the delayed closing, right? That's a thing that could be valuable to you too in terms of not even just a monetary value, but also quality of life. Right. Number th three, and, and I think a lot of people miss the ball on this one, is making sure that a buyer is willing, if they're using financing, to pay the difference between the appraised value and your purchase price, given if some given an appraisal might not come in, because what people are selling homes for are not the same same prices that the ones that went into contract sixty days are for. Is that sort of is that happening yes. now, where where homes aren't appraising? Okay. Well, think about this. Logically, right? Like 90 days ago, we were in one market, right? How many people have started moving to South Florida over the last 90 days? Yeah, a ton. ton. And a home that went into four, a contract 45 days ago, do you think that represents the same demand as 45 days later and right now? Yeah, that makes sense. No, not at all. So we need to make sure that in a multiple step approach that we make sure that you and your family are comfortable and have the right timing you need to get to where you want to go. And number two, that whatever the, that process is to do the due diligence to ensure that it closes and if there is financing that you're 100% protected in the process. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it, it's funny because you talk about appraisals and I, I never thought about like, 45 days ago, like when, when an offer was accepted and when it's closing compared to how much longer it is now. So yeah, that's a good point. So if you think about this guys, you have to go in here with a little more information, right? And you got to think about what's different, really get, so when you're doing this, number one, you really need to know the macro micro of the market, right? Go in and make sure that you know, what percentage of places are selling cash, what percentage of places are selling in appraisals, right? All of this information is really important. And then also to be able to put this into writing, because I think um, what people forget sometimes is, is on a listing appointment and a presentation, there's so much information shared with the seller. It's like, what do you want them to remember and how digestible is the information? Yeah, you know what you did, and this was like so crucial, and I don't want people to miss this, is that you didn't try and sell me to get me to list. You, you were indifferent if I do it or not. You just wanted to provide information. And that really makes someone feel good. Yeah, look, in the end, right, I fundamentally believe that you need to detach yourself from the outcome. And when you're detached from the outcome, you could really focus on that, right? So I actually have like this little sheet of paper. It has some notes on it and you'll see two different numbers that I kind of held up. And we were talking about commission objections, right? And this comes up in the market too. And so what I did was, actually let me just get a clean piece of paper and I'll write this down. Um, this is a really good example of just detaching yourself from the outcome and talking about focus and helping a client understand, right? So this goes into a lot of clients are overpricing their listings, right, Amit? Totally. So 
and we need to help our clients understand what what the cost to them of doing this. So we had a client yesterday in a coaching session. The guy wanted a list at one seven, which was a little high, and he wanted to do a 4% commission, so the difference was $34,000. And we were role-playing kind of what it was like. And You're saying and, 4% and so, total? Or? Yeah, 4%. Oh. In South Florida, that's okay. like a taboo, right? Because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. you got to give the buyer's agents three. <laughs> so wow. if you think about this logically, people get very combative. And when you're giving a good presentation, I use the word anchoring statements, right? An anchoring statement is something that the seller says in their own words that anchors them to a point that you can bring back later, right? Like if you think about a boat, you drop an anchor, you just don't move. So they can't move away from that statement. Meaning like when you present your marketing, I would say, you know, if I'm talking to Julie, I'd say, Julie, you know, based on what we shared and, and looking at this, do you feel, do you think, or do you believe, think, feel, believe, that this marketing will position your home to get you the best price. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. You gotta get as many of those anchoring statements, right? So then when they say, you know what, Shrag, I love everything you did, but you know what, if you could do it for 4%, that, that would be perfect. So what I would say is, is what I hear you're saying is that you want the most, um, what I hear you saying is that you wanna get the most equity out of your home, correct on it? Yeah, definitely. And look, I, I just want to preface this by saying whatever you decide to do, I 100% support you in. That That's one of the best things you've ever taught me to so say. Now, I mean, that's this is where the magic happens now. So I would say, Amit, before we go into this conversation, I just want to let you know that regardless of what happens, they support you in any direction you go 100%. Sound good? Okay. Yeah, sounds great. So these... And and this guy's this goes back to knowing the data. I could say, I'm at look, the way that I look at it is like this. You had shared with me a few things. Number one, how important it was to get all the equity out of your home because you're buying in a competitive market and you need to retire off this money, correct? Yeah. You had shared with me in your own words, keywords in your own words, that you felt our marketing and the network we have are two things that would ultimately help position your home, expose it to the most people, and get you the best price. Yeah. And right now you're talking about wanting to list at a 4% versus a 6% commission, correct? Yeah. I mean, if we can save that extra 2%, that's like, you know, 30 grand or so. So actually I wrote this down on a piece of paper and you know, what we find in anything, you could really only focus on one thing, right? So if you look here, here's your number one, seven, here's your number 34,000, right? And what I want you to think about is, are you focused on getting the most out of that one seven through the marketing, the network and everything else? Or are you focused on saving that $34,000, right? That's a choice you have to make. And I have some data here to say that if the house doesn't successfully sell at the price that it's being offered, we're seeing the average price reduction can be three to 5%, which would be, and I would write that number down, right? So if you look at this picture, this number's in big because we want them to focus on this. This number's smaller because that's a commission. And then when you put like 3% of the price, which would be, let's see, 51,000. 51,000, right? Yeah. Then I would write the 51,000 in, in this, just like this. Oops, you see the 51,000 is bigger yeah. than that. So, what do you, so do you want to focus on this or do you want to focus on the, the 34,000 
where you could potentially end up losing another 51,000. And, and Amit, I don't expect you to make this decision right away, but either way, it's your choice and I support you in it on what you want to focus on. Sounds sure. You know, I really like what you do, but can you do it for a little bit less? Well, the question, that's a choice that you have to make, right? This is what our company and our sales managers sign off for. My goal, Amit, is to focus on that number and getting the most out of this transaction, which is the one seven. So think about it, and either way, if you decide to, to work with us, that's great. And if you decide that the best decision for you is choosing the agent that wants to offer the least commission and you think that'll get you the most equity, I 100% support you in it. Okay. Do you guys see what he did? He didn't say no. He said no, but he didn't say no. And he made it seem like, okay, whatever you want is good. He didn't say, no, I won't do six or I won't do four, but I'll do five or whatever. Once we start getting into those negotiations, we lose, we lose, I think. So think about this, right? In a good novel, they say there's a protagonist and an antagonist, right? Uh -huh. I actually shared a, a clip um, when we were doing a listing presentation group the other day, and I shared a clip from The Matrix, right? And it was a clip um, where Neo was doing the jump for the first time. And like he saw Morpheus jump. Remember that scene? He jumps and lands on the building. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you just got to let it all go in your mind and believe that it's possible. And we showed it and he jumped and he, and he fell, right? And the reason he fell is, is the concept of jumping and getting to that place was not something that he knew to be true in his current belief system. So when we start presenting things to clients, we need to present it in a way that's true to their current belief system in the way that they see the world. And the more you do this and the more you're in alignment with what their goals are, with their beliefs and the way that they see things, the more yeses and the more in alignment you'll be and the more smoother the transactional flow. That's the secret right there. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of like, cause I coach marketing for you. And um, you know, I, when you coach marketing, you have to coach a long-term perspective. I can't teach someone something today and tomorrow they have like 10 listings. So it's always like getting to where they are and then sharing, you know, how it can be and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, how you do that. Do you want the next topic? Of course. So the next topic is this, and we, we can't dial deep into it, but it's like, we, we spoke about this in the past and I think it's so important because I think there's so many compass agents, and just agents in general that are losing out in multiple offer situations. And I, I know we spoke about this before and um, can you like share like the macro and then maybe a little bit of the micro? So high, high level, right? Um, positional bartering is the worst form of negotiation, which you're literally taking a position on somebody's house, right? So I'll go back to this piece of paper. It's like, hey, Amit, I believe your home that has all your memories is the most sentimental thing is worth one seven, I'll give you $51,000 down, I'll close in 30 days. And then you have a, a, a letter from some random anonymous stranger from some bank that says I could afford the money. Like, if you think about it from that perspective, how much confidence could that give a seller? Yeah, I mean, it's so personal with people. It's, it's emotional, and they're not going to think the way they norm they, we think they're going to think. Yeah, and it's also being a good detective in the sense of 
if you see these homeowners that meticulously kept their house, right? And know that every last detail mattered, they, acknowledging that's really important, right? So here's the framework for a good multiple offer template. Number one, you need to give them confidence on your buyer, right? So it, it's helping the people understand. My client understands that the seller wants a smooth and easy clo closing, buyer with excellent financials and nothing to sell, right? And then you want to introduce your buyers. Like, you know, meet Amit, Amit Buta and Shrag Shah, right? You know, Amit has been a financial planner for the last 15 years at Ameriprise Financial. Shrag has been a sales consultant for the last five years with Compass. You know, combined annual income of a million dollars. Both have credit scores of above 800. I'm going to interrupt you for a second yeah. because we we hear like fair housing and all that. So what you did here is you didn't say how we're related. You didn't say if we're husband and wife. You didn't say if, you know, or husband and husband. So I think that's good because I get a lot of people that are scared with certain things. And so for the people that are scared, if just what you did with the buyers, that still creates so much more comfort with that seller. And at the end of the day, you can do it however you want to do it. But I think for the people that cry, you know, um, fair housing violation, this way works. Yeah. And, and, the, and the other thing is, is, is look, then, then there talks about like the personalized letter, right? It, it's, it, it's sharing some stuff. And look, obviously talk to your sales manager about this. It's different in every market. Some people present it, some people won't present it. So, you know, sharing some things about the house, right? Um, it's some people who have pictures. I always say if they're pet people, put a picture of a dog that always puts you ahead. But like Felicia Lewis, our client out in San Diego, she just got an offer accepted with 15 different offers. The agent called her up and said, do you know what? Your offer wasn't the highest offer, but money was in everything to my clients. And the fact that they acknowledge how much work they did and the house was meticulously kept to every detail and they want to be the next people that kept it that way, that's why they sold them the house, right? So that's not, that's not fair I, housing, right? That's... You're just, you're, I'm not a, I'm no longer a principal. Right, broker. likewise, I, likewise. I, I, I defer to the legal disclaimer. Please talk to your sales manager before doing anything like this. But people are doing it, right? So the other aspect is, is when you're breaking down your offer, put it together in a way and also put bullet points, right? Like don't write these long, lengthy sentences. Put things in bullet points, put things in bold. Like if the price is one seven and you're offering one nine, put in parentheses plus $2,000 above asking, right? Closing at seller's convenience or will rent back. Like let these things speak out to somebody, right? You know, it's funny. I'm going to interrupt you a second. You know, as agents, and I'm gonna, just going to share from my experience and I, I think maybe some other people are similar to this. As agents, we always want to impress other people. A lot of us do anyways. So we want to impress them with this long letter with, you know, just everything about everything. But I make, imagine you're on the other side and imagine that long letter is like, I'm sure all of you guys can relate to this. You get this text message and it's like, there's no spacing and it just fills the whole screen with the text. And the second you see it, you're like, man, I don't want to read that, you know? So, the, these bullet points are it's so crucial the the main thing is we're creating comfort for that seller and the way Chirag is doing it and he's going to get into it a little bit more is is creating that comfort and doing those bullet points so it's easily digestible all right let me see if i can 
find this. Hold on a second. Um, let's just share this with everybody. I guess that's the tough part, right? When I when I don't tell you what we're talking about. Oh, I like this. It's it's it's. Look in in life, th this is what you're gonna get. You're gonna get situations you're not that you're not comfortable with, and that's where all the practice comes in, right? Like, remember when the COVID lockdown started, and I was like, it's gonna be the communication economy. We all need to practice what to say. And like in the early days of our coaching program, there, there wasn't like a huge group like there is now, but we would literally do role playing with stopwatches where you have 60 seconds to build rapport with people. Now think about how valuable that is today. Yeah, it's huge. And you know, like if you if you want this, um, if you want Chirag to send you this, please comment below like that you want it. And um, you know, we also have something else that we can share one of the things that you did was it, it was like really really good it, it was like worth my coaching it was like the questions you ask a seller about their home like what is the what is like a thing that you're gonna miss when you leave the home what is something that you didn't know that was amazing about the house until like you moved into it and stuff like that is like that gives so much value to a potential buyer when you share those things. Yeah, I got it. Oh, you got it already. So look, Chris, thank you for allowing my clients to present our offer and answering all of our questions. My client that understands that your client wants. Now let's go through the word wording. Thank you for allowing. Who does that give the control to? To the agent. This thing is made with so much NLP and subconscious sales language. It's, it's very interesting and I'll dissect it all. Thank you for allowing my clients to present our offer and answering all of our questions. Make sure to ask questions. And a caveat is when you call the seller's agent up, they're going to be these people that won't tell you anything. But what I find is if you're calling a seller's agent up and say, Hey, you know, I'm at, my name is Shrag Shah. Like I'm representing the buyer. I know your goal is to get your client the most money for the house. My goal is to help my clients get the house. So if we could both reach our goals, I'm hoping we could collaborate and have a conversation. Some people say yes, you'd be surprised, right? right? right. Is there anything uh, important besides price? Terms, are they moving? Are they looking to buy? What in a perfect world, if they could have all the money they wanted from the house, what else would happen, right? And they'll start telling you because you making the seller's life easier unless they're like a very much like I want to own everything. I don't want to collaborate type agent. They'll say, yeah, in a perfect world, my clients would have all these things. And to get a house today, people are willing to do it. So we acknowledge, right? And you put all this together in Adobe so nobody could change it or unless you know how to organize it. You can also lock the document. They want a smooth and easy closing, buyer with excellent financials, financials, reasonable market price and nothing to sell. Who wouldn't want that? I'd like to introduce my buyers. Buyer one, job. Buyer two, job down payment, pre-approved by credit scores of, and I put the income here, right? Because I think that's really important. Yeah, it is. Just quick personal note, these people use their dog. And the fun thing is, is I have uh, a good friend of mine that's a financial planner. And as my dad reminds me all the time, if it wasn't for him and his father, we would not have gone through college without loans. So that is the only way that I will come out of like really my retirement of selling homes. And the guy I've sold him multiple houses on it. Every house he wants is multiple offers on it <laughs> every time. Oh, so wow. this, house, this house had four other offers besides their own. And I got excited because I was like, wow, I could practice all this stuff. They also teach people, right? And it worked. We, we won the bid. And I want to show you guys like how this all worked. 50,000 above.
of asking. 270 now at contract signing, right? So what we also talked about is, is this is the full 20% down at contract signing, right? Closing at seller's request. And then we put this term in, mortgage contingency, not based on continued employment, because people are worried with mortgage contingencies. The real concern is if the person loses their job, they're not gonna be able to get the home. Right. So then I also put in here, buyers understand sellers are making a move with their family and can accommodate their ideal time frame. Buyers don't want the sellers to feel rushed or pressured during the process. There's a typo. Um, buyers can perform quickly if that's what's best for the seller or they can have everything completed and ready to close when the seller's ready. Buyer will include a 70% mortgage contingency to make the offer stronger. They'll put down the other 10% if necessary. Now that makes it like a 30% down offer. By removing the continued employment as part of the mortgage contingency, the only requirement is a satisfactory appraisal for the bank, which pretty much says my offer is good as cash without um, with an appraisal. Feel free to contact the lender. Then I also put this into the agent in the end, right? Dear Chris, thank you for taking the time to answer all our questions and providing us with all the information necessary to make an offer. The buyers thought out every detail that would make sense for the, the seller's transition easier. From the down payment amount, the full 20%, a mortgage contingency amount, 70%, security of not including continuous employment as part of the mortgage contingency, and offer amount $50,000 above asking. This all reflects their love for their home and seriousness in providing a simple and stress-free transaction for all parties involved based on their offer is contingent upon not going into a highest and best situation. They feel they've presented terms that would make any seller secure during these challenging times. We hope to have the opportunity to work with you and see this through to the end. We all view this as a collaboration and if there are any questions, concerns, or requests, we have an open line of communication. The buyers have spoken to their lender and feel free to contact them with any questions. They have a combined income of four hundred fifty plus thousand dollars, adequate cash reserves, and will have no issue closing on time. Yeah, so that's great. And then you would put the offer after that, right? Well, no, we put the offer before that, and that was the last part in it. Um, so, do, don't you think it would be more effective if you put that first and then the offer after? Because they have to dig through this. Well, that's pretty agent, right? Um, as they but say, agents don't read. Um, We've saying the other thing, the, the other thing, like about for that. No, so like okay, so like when I used to do, and, and and I guess share your thoughts on this. I would have like something like that, obviously not as good, but then after I, I wouldn't have an agent letter, but then after that I would have the offer. So they have, would have to pass those pages every time to get to the offer. So those people that would read would read it. The ones that wouldn't, you know, it's fine but I would have a chance yep. of them looking at it. So yeah, page one is a cover letter that has all the information, page okay. two is a personalized letter. Page three is the offer to the seller. Page four is a note that you're writing to the agent knowing that the seller will read it. Okay, to. got it. Yep, so that that's, that's multiple offers, right? Like this put, sets your buyer up for success. And, and now what I want everyone to do, and comment below in times, it now or anytime later, when you receive multiple offers, start to become aware of how people are presenting their offers. If you see something really good, take note and start doing it too, right? This is not reinventing the wheel, but what I believe and, and how I coach everyone is you have to be more strategic, you have to be more purposeful, and you have to be more thought out, especially in this market. 
Yeah, so you know, I thought about this. Because I'm a marketing coach for Compass Agents, I thought I should leave a marketing um, tip if I can, if we have yeah. the time. So, so I think we have time. So today I was coaching one of my clients, Jennifer Mackey, and she has a dog. So this is what we thought of what she would do, a post on Instagram. So this is how it was. She's gonna find a super cute photo for dog, right? Because I always tell, tell like um, clients not to worry about the likes, comments, or shares on their posts. Just imagine someone else is like, like researching them and they happen to see their stuff. If someone is researching you, they're not gonna comment, like, and stuff like that. So we're trying to get someone to relate to us and to like us. So she's gonna have a super cute photo of her dog and the dog's name is Bentley. And the, the post is gonna be this. It's gonna be, Bentley told me he's, he's sick and tired of seeing all these photos of homes and everything else, and he wants his own post. So today is his post. So he wanted me to share with you a little bit about him. And then, so you're gonna say all the nice things that, about Bentley. And then at the end, you're gonna say, you're gonna say things I love about Bentley and things I love are, are things I like a little bit less about Bentley. So you're gonna talk about your dog. So when people are on Instagram, they're gonna see your dog. It's gonna be a super cute photo of the dog. So they're probably at least gonna like it. And then it's gonna be sort of funny that it's Bentley wants a post about him. And then it's gonna be like as Bentley is writing it. And then um, it's gonna be a little bit about you. And I think dog lovers will relate to it. And Jennifer is gonna be doing like now in her postcards, you know, with postcards, you can have more than one photo. Every single one of her postcards, one of the photos is gonna be her dog. So everyone is gonna have like a photo of a dog. So it'll have a house, but it'll also have a picture of her dog. And on the back, it's gonna have a fun fact about Bentley on every single piece she sends. You know, it's funny, you have agents that we work with in New York City doing this. Uh -huh. And they all tell me that they get such, I'm like, how did this postcard had like, I was like, oh, there's a dog <laughs> on it. And then it all sourced back to you telling Daniel who told Justin right. and like, and, and it kind of goes in like, they're geo farming and they're putting their dogs on there and they're getting really good responses. Um, so that is our thought for the day. So look, if anyone wants to connect with us, we'll put all of our information in the chat and People have sent us private messages and emails about this stuff, and, and someone actually sent an email on it, and they said, you know, finding your information to connect with you is actually very hard, <laughs> and so we'll put our links in the chat, and look, if someone would like to be a guest, Jess Sigmund, if you're on here, I'm going to bring you on as a guest, as you've had quite an interesting journey from like 20 million to 60 million plus in, in 12 months and starting a team and everything, so... That will be a fun conversation. I'm gonna volunteer her because she's my friend for next week. Oh, good, good, good. And um, so the following week when I'm on, I will um, Oh no, you're about... gonna come too. We, I've actually, we can actually do this through this thing and have all three people on at once, so it'll be fun. Okay, okay, cool. So I'll give you guys some pro tips on Clubhouse. We're also doing a Clubhouse session on real estate and uh, pro tips. I'll share with you that on um, Agent Mastermind as well. You know, it's really fun is you drafted my clubhouse profile and I've had all these people send me texts like, hey, I want to do a clubhouse with you. Hey, I want to do a clubhouse with you. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to ex escape this thing, but people are really like, 
you see some like huge names of people spending time in there. And what I'm finding really interesting in Clubhouse is it is a way to listen in and connect with some like really awesome people in like a very raw format, which is awesome. I mean, I think you saw my post, Steve Aoki, he has 9 million followers. He's a musician and he joined my sports card investors club, you know, and I have 10 conversations with real estate agents this week from Clubhouse, a session I did on Saturday. Well, wait till they find out all of our secrets. We'll have some more on it. Awesome. All right, guys, listen, have a great day.